Hello, you're listening to Shut Up and Watch This, episode number three. I'm Dave. And I'm Ashley. And we are a couple getting to know each other better by identifying our media and pop culture blind spots and then remedying that. One of us chooses, the other one watches or rewatches, and then we break it all down here. So this week, it was Ashley's turn to pick, and she chose Benny and June from 1993, movie starring Johnny Depp and Aidan Quinn and Mary Stuart Masterson. Um, so the first thing I want to ask you is set the context a little bit. Um, so as far as where, where I came across this movie, uh, so it came out in 93, but that seems like a little young for me to have seen that. So I'm guessing that I probably ran across it on VHS. I know I didn't see it in the movie theater. So this is a movie that... Um, me and my mom watched together initially, I think, and then it became like one of those favorites that we just watched over and over again. And mom and I have a number of those that we go back to all the time. You know, the Pride and Prejudice miniseries comes to mind, but um, this is one of those like emotionally, um, I associated with my mother, but I also, um, I don't know, it's like one of those comfort movies for me. Um, that I just watch when I want to watch something silly and lighthearted. And it's not all that lighthearted, but, you know. <laughs> we can talk about that. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I guess to provide a little synopsis of the movie, um, we uh, have a brother and sister, uh, Aiden Quinn and Mary Stuart Masterson, um, and they live together. They're adult siblings, and um, it comes out during the movie that Mary Stuart Masterson um, has some sort of mental illness. Um, it's not ever explicitly said, but um, based on the symptoms, it seems like it might be schizophrenia. Um, so uh, Benny is responsible, Aiden Quinn is responsible for his sister, uh, Mary Stuart Masterson. It's the story of kind of a little story of a. Uh, how this weird guy ends up in their house um, and how he kind of like blows up their life and then makes it better um, during the course of the events and um, everybody changes and, and grows up and that sort of thing. Can you just fill in a thumbnail of yes. who the weird guy is <laughs> and what his shtick is? Oh, so the weird guy is Johnny Depp. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I have mixed... As if you didn't know. As if I didn't know. The weird guy is Johnny Depp and this is... The Probably the first movie I saw Johnny Depp in. Um, I know that Edward Scissorhands came out in 1990, which was three years prior, but I'm pretty sure I didn't see that until after I saw this. So um, this is my first exposure to Johnny Depp, and um, uh, I think he's, at least in this role, delightful. Um, he plays someone who's obsessed with the movies, and he does uh, little bits from Buster Keaton and from Charlie Chaplin and Harold Lloyd and that sort of thing. Um, and that's he dresses in like sort of 1920s type clothing and, and that sort of thing. So silent error film seems to be his main thing. Yeah. And it's not just that he performs this. He sort of embodies the Buster Keaton Chaplin sort of spirit. Like he's completely absorbed. As he arrives in town, you see him reading a book about um, Buster Keaton through the train window. Um, but he has just adapted this persona so that he moves and walks and, and acts and reacts as if he's sort of this, a silent comedian yes. kind of thing. <laughs> um, complete to actually redoing some of the bits from Chaplin and Keaton. I think. Yeah. Um, so I, I told you when we were watching this, we try not to say too much yeah. when we were watching this. Um, I was like, oh my God, when he first started speaking, I was like, 
Thank you. Oh my god. <laughs> I was gonna mention I that. was so I was so worried when it as it started that and from the cover and never having seen this at all that it was gonna be Johnny Depp like doing straight up silent comedy and he's a mute or something yeah. like that for two hours and I was just kind of ready to cringe. Yeah. But I never did had to have to cringe. Because um I mean, talking about this movie is talking about Johnny Depp, I think, first of all. And I mentioned, I think I mentioned when we were setting this up last time that we have a little hurdle and that I have kind of a Johnny Depp problem where I don't know what it is exactly, but he's always, well, or usually rubbed me the wrong way. And I think for the most part, that's kind of that... His um, his collaborations with Tim Burton. There's a Tim Burton Johnny Depp thing, mm-hmm. and I've just always felt kind of irritated or something by the level of his uh, by his crafty, strange persona, sort of taking on a costume and putting on a voice, and that sort of labored, performative kind of caricature sort of thing that at least that's my stereotype of Johnny Depp. Well, I think that that's earned by him certainly. And like, as he continues, he will not stop working with Tim Burton. It just does not end. So (laughs) it gets worse and worse and worse, you know, more and more crafted, more and more overstudied, um, more and more quote unquote Mm -hmm. clever, I'm glad um. <laughs> I'm glad that you pointed out that Edward Scissorhands came first. Yes. And I will I think I I, I want to say that's the first collaboration with Tim Burton, I think. Maybe. I, I think, think so. And I really liked his work in mm. Edward Scissorhands. I really liked the film and I and I liked the Tim Burton world in that. But um and I and I have to say also I kind of actively avoided seeing a lot of the other ones. So I, uh, the impressions I'm talking about are based on the posters and the scenes I've, the clips I've seen, you know, I, but I've never seen like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Sweeney Todd or any, a number of these other things down to the, like, guys, I have not seen any of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Ah, I just yes. have not. And well, I understand I should check out the first one at least sometime. And I know there are fans out there, but so I'm just telling you to set up like I have this Johnny Depp problem, but (laughs) I want to reassure you that I thought he was wonderful in this movie. I thought he was delightful. I thought he was charming. Um, I thought I didn't feel the craft of it as Mm -hmm. much as him inhabiting that Buster Keaton kind of character. And he really came across as a unique spirit on the screen and the way that you see him connecting um with mary stewart masterson and aiden quinn and then kind of bringing everyone together i thought worked for the most part really well he's he's the um he's like the robert bonini character in the last movie maybe a little bit I know. I know. I think, <laughs> I think throughout our show, we're going to probably see some of these connections yeah. <laughs> coming up. I don't know how many will be like uh, subconscious, yeah. like choices we make in the films we look at. But um, so I think that it's probably one of his least studies. I mean, like, there's a few things that I noticed, like um, uh, the character can't read or write very well, um, and they show him, interestingly enough, writing with his left hand, which I noticed because I'm left-handed. Um, but I noticed that I, I didn't think that he was naturally left-handed because he was, 
he had a very childlike writing and it looked like somebody who was writing with their wrong hand. And then we watched him during the the thing and it was obviously right handed because he, you know, uses his cane with his right hand. Um, but other than that, um, I think a lot of his interactions with Aiden Quinn or with Mary Stuart Masterson are very unguarded and and not very crafted. Like I like the scene where he's sitting um, in the bathtub when Aiden's telling him, or Benny, and this is the character that Aiden Quinn plays, is telling him about um, his sister's illness. And like he has this sort of like shocked processing look on his face and it seems like, um, you know, how someone might react if they mm-hmm. were discovering this for the first time or something like that. So, I mean, like... As far as Johnny Depp goes, I think it's one of his least sort of mannered. Yes, exactly, mannered. <laughs> Crafted. <laughs> Another thing that made it stand out stand out as something more than just a series of bits hung together was that it really it's part of the narrative. It's part of his character at a fundamental basis. So it's mm. not just that he can, you know, be at the dinner table and do the dinner rolls scene yeah. with the little dinner rolls on forks that look like kicking shoes under his feet yeah. that Chaplin did years ago in Gold Rush. Um, there, there's all of that, but it's down to his unique way of experiencing the world and bringing in his habits yeah. to this household. So he's some, So we have somebody who makes grilled cheese sandwiches by using a steam iron on, on mm. the bread and melting the cheese. We uh, we have we see him. I think one of our first introductions introductions to him is him just sitting up in a tree. Yeah. And Mary Stuart Masterson June yeah. sees him first. You know, and they have that kind of moment of recognition kind of thing. Um, it's he's just is this sort of offbeat clown sort of character. Yeah. So, sort of to serve as a transition. Because uh, we haven't really gotten to the the meat of what everything's about, because it really is about the brother sister relationship. But one of the things that happens during the movie is uh, June falls in love with um, what is Johnny Depp's character's name? Sam, I think. Sam, right? yes. Yeah. So June and Sam fall in love, um, and I remember this being like the romantic moment for me when I watch this, like this is like, now I really want to know how yeah, old you were yeah. when you saw it for the first <laughs> I time. I want to say like 14 or 15. Okay. It was pretty young. I don't uh, know if it works on quite the same level for me now. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the time, the amount of time that passes, like it's really just a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch, I paid attention to that this time. Like, Oh, this whole story yeah, plays the, out. The, in about like a, a week and a half or something like wow. that. So, I mean like they, um, you know, I get the feeling this is probably her first, love oh yeah, yeah definitely got that um because it, it happens really fast but um there's actually i like to point the music is pr- i think pretty good in this um but there's uh, a john hyatt song uh, have a little faith in me that they play over the love song mm-hmm. the love scene and i just I just always love that love scene. It's like, it's not about sex. It's not about lust. It's just about two people who have something in common, Mm -hmm. like coming together and there's like no nudity or anything. It's just really sweet and, and loving and, you know, and it is a really sweet movie. Yeah. And we don't have a lot of movies that are genuinely kind of sweet and have a certain kind of innocence to them, but that actually have some darker, harder things for the characters to grapple with. But I, w- I do want to look more at that that relationship between the brother and sister. Yeah. Uh, because it's one of the things I responded to 
a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it echoes some <laughs> of the stuff that's gone on in my life a little bit. But um, we have, uh, you know, they lost their parents at a very when she was a very young age, and he was probably elder. So there's a flashback in yeah. there where they're singing a song that mm-hmm. I assume their mother or father used to sing to them, and it has a flashback to their parents who apparently died in a car crash. And they have, I think, actually pretty good casting of the people who were supposed to be the flashback. Mm -hmm. Um, But he looks like late teens, maybe 18, 19, something like that. And she looks like 11, 12, somewhere in there. So they lost their parents when she was maybe 10, 11, something like that. And then he's been caring for her ever since. 12 years, I think. yeah, Yeah, so... I just thought it handled that really well. I mean, you pick up with their life, their everyday life. He is an auto mechanic. He has his own shop. And he leaves her during the day with a series of, well, what would have been a series of housekeepers. And the story starts with them losing the latest one who's fed up with some of the difficult behavior um, that June has. Yeah. Um, and he's got to find somebody else to, to fill in that hole. So it's kind of by luck and by happenstance that, you know, we set up the mechanics <laughs> of of um, Sam, the Johnny Depp yeah. character, coming in and being the one who can stay home with her to allow him to go continue to work and, and not put her into some sort of group home kind of situation. Yeah. Um, I thought the movie did a really good job of, in its portrait of the mental illness, in showing mentally ill in this case as being someone who's not completely off the wall bats who can behave fairly normally in most situations (laughs) but who has episodes Mm. um rage episodes sometimes or just like completely freaking out um there's a little bit of a pyromania Pyromania, kind of streak and i think that's (laughs) one of the things that drives tends to drive the housekeepers away but she um has a another thing that kind of tings the the schizophrenic kind of thing is she has a, a play with language she yeah. seems really literate and really has a command of and an interesting way of phrasing things mm-hmm. that that kind of you know has little elements of poetry and stuff like that too but she's at a level where she paints during the day and is kind of functional but not in any place where she, you see where she could care for herself yeah like absolutely just care for herself you know, mostly because of the, you know, extreme reactions to things. But also, you know, um, she has episodes of psychosis where she hears voices and, and that sort of thing. Um, that And and what's, what's interesting, and I think a good portrayal of anyone with any sort of illness, whether it's a mental illness or a physical illness, is that because you, you are a whole person, sometimes you're a normal person and sometimes your behavior is influenced by the mental illness but sometimes it's hard to tell you know what is is the person the actual personality of the person and what is affecting it via them because mm-hmm. she's kind of a quirky individual anyway you know i think she would be if well and that's that's we get something from putting her juxtaposed to johnny depp who yeah. is a quirky unusual character but nobody yeah. experiences him as if he's mentally ill no. Nobody treats him like it it's a little bit I had this question in my mind of <laughs> throughout like how come nobody really responds to him as if as he's as if he's as weird as he is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like, I, I wondered if he might have some like dyslexia that affected his ability to do well in school and 
you know, because he talks about how he kind of acted out in school and I don't know. <laughs> we don't, we can't really yeah. account for how he is this sort of silent clown in modern time, you know, no. like silent movie clown. He has a mom that he writes to, he, but she sent him to live with his cousin yeah, in another city. But for he some can reason. barely write. Yeah. Um, he can't spell. I mean, if mm. you see the draft that they flash up on the screen, it's pretty rudimentary yeah. like writing sentences communicating kind of thing so we don't know what the deal is with him and i was i don't know if that's a weakness of the movie <laughs> like yeah. how do you account for who he he is and how do you account for um i was like why does aiden quinn even think he's okay enough to like stay home with her to set up the story i, th- I, th- I think that's just like a magical like you have to accept <laughs> this for it to happen well, so i shouldn't i think we should mention like how he comes to live with them sure, because yeah. it's an interesting circumstance um so benny has a weekly card game that he plays with a bunch of friends um one of them is mike who is the cousin of sam um, there's an orderly from the local hospital who's a, he's a friend with, and then there's a fellow mechanic and they get together weekly and play poker and they play like a quirky kind of poker where they write down like weird stuff that they have around the house and they bet that. So like coaxial cable or a green haired troll or, or chores, chores. Yeah. Stuff like that. So that's what they bet. Um, so I really think that this is kind of Benny's story. He's the one that changes the most during the course of the thing. But one time while they're at this poker game, he has had to bring June because their housekeeper's gone. Um, so June's hanging out and he's talking to his mechanic friend. Outside. Who's, yeah, yeah, who's pl- played by Oliver Platt, who I just love. I've always loved Oliver Platt. Um, but they're talking about how Benny should, you know, maybe consider putting June in a group home so that he can start having a life, you know, and, um, you know, maybe meet a girl because he doesn't seem to be able to do that in his current circumstances. But that he can not just be so focused on his sister, he can also have a life of his own. Um, and she could have a life of she her own. She could have a life of her own, too. Yeah. I mean, we're at a point where they need to make a change. Yeah. But you were going with the how the poker game. Uh, so you know, while he's out talking to uh, Oliver Platt, um, who I don't know his character's name, um, the his friends inside want to get the poker game started. So June offers to play poker with them, and they accept. And you know, because she's sort of impetuous. Um, she starts betting things that are more serious than like regrouting your tile bathroom, which seems like it would be a lot of work. Exactly. Um, and then like, you know, shampooing his dog. Anyway, the, the stakes keep getting raised. And finally, Mike, who hates his cousin, Sam, who's living with him, bets his, bets Sam in the thing and June ends up losing the hand. And that's how they end up with the cousin living with them, Sam living with them, mm-hmm. um, which is weird. <laughs> Yes, and then there's like <laughs> reference to how Sam was like staying under the sink at the other guy's place, and yeah. it's a little odd. He's <laughs> he's their sudden lodger who they lost a hand in poker yeah. to end up uh, living with him. Them. Yeah, so that's how we. Know. But actually, while we're talking about this, because during the scene while Benny's out talking to his friend, um, 
you get this lovely wide shot of the back of uh, his friend's house and they live right across from this great grain elevator. Um, and it has telephone lines and all sorts of, you know, industrial type stuff, which is stuff. Scenic Spokane, Washington. Yes. I did my two years there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, Dave is from Spokane and I didn't realize that this movie was filmed in Spokane. Until I'm not, well, I lived there for lived two years. There, I'm sorry. Live there. You're from San Francisco. Sorry. Um, it's slander. I, tell I know. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's a lovely town, Spokane. Yes. Uh, so anyway, that was one thing that I noticed this time when I was watching it was sort of the look of things, the sort of like charming sort of rundown older houses that it's set in. And um, anyway, I kind of appreciated the look of things um, this time around, which is not something I really paid attention to in the past, I yeah. don't think. It's been probably been 15 years since I've seen this movie. So Worked in the movie. I mean, I think in in some ways it's it's the longest going relationship that we have in the movie. It's it's lasted more than a week. Um, I I think it worked really well. You know that he's so concerned about her and so wrapped up in her life, and I think it's you know maybe stopped him from dealing with the fact that his parents died. You know because it gave him something to focus on. But now twelve years later. You know, it doesn't make sense for him to focus on her anymore because she's probably, what, 22, 23, something like that. And he's created a life that's completely dependent on her being dependent on him. Mm -hmm. If we can untangle that thought. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he needs to believe that she's completely dependent on him. And it's I think it's a way that he keeps himself from having to grow, to take risks, to make to meet new people, yeah. start new relationships of it of his own. We haven't even mentioned the Julianne Moore yes, character. Yes, that's right. So um, I guess they're at a cafe one night, and they um, meet a waitress, Ruthie, uh, played by Julianne Moore, who um, is another actress that I just absolutely love. Um, and she's great in this role. She has great hair. <laughs> and everything, you know. Um, but she um, plays this woman who's very interested in Betty, um, she was a failed actress that was in like a B movie, which they actually show footage of this B movie that she was in from like, mm-hmm. it looks like the, I don't know, maybe early eighties, mid eighties, something like that when she was trying. Well, to and it's Johnny it. Depp, uh, yeah. who becomes the icebreaker in the yeah. situation. Cause he, we only know <laughs> about the B movie in her past before ending up as a waitress because he recognizes her right away and starts acting out the scene in the middle of the diner. And she's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. I was so young. And, and uh, um, it brings them all together, and you soon you soon have a situation where Aiden Quinn and Julianne Moore are kind of at that. There, there is an attraction. Yeah, they can't quite get past that first date kind of zone because yeah. every time it's like you want to come in for a beer, it's like no, I better not because he's got it. He thinks that he has to, he cannot get involved. Yeah. His life is too complicated. That's, that's the word. Say. That's the line he actually uses. His life is too complicated right now, and he he has. continues to kind of shut it down every time it has the opportunity for them to actually kind of start a relationship. Yeah. And this is a way that he is holding himself back by keeping things status quo. I have to take care of June. She needs me. She's not okay. She can't be by herself and I can't ever put her in any other kind of group home situation. Yeah. I think the complicated line is kind of one. It seems like he's, you know, brushing her off like he's not interested, you know, that she might have taken it that way. 
Or, oh, she absolutely took yeah, it that yeah, way. Yeah, but I but think... But he might not have meant it that way. Yeah. And he seemed surprised when things kind of, like, fell well, apart after that. For I think, I mean, because she knew about the situation, like, she comes home with um, how the first date eventually ends up happening is she comes for a movie night where they show her B-movie, um, which is great. They actually filmed it with Julianne Moore. Um, she's the, both the 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 murderer and the victim in it prom queen murder it's a prom king, queen queen murder <laughs> with with an evil twin or something some such thing and stabbings and all so that so she stuff. hangs out with um sam and um june that day so she's pretty like down with the situation she knows you know what the situation is and and how things are so i mean like you know it does seem like he's not trying to you know, keep her from knowing about those things because she already does. But like, she's he's just shutting it down. Like, um, and whereas I think maybe he, like you said, just wanted to let her know that he wasn't in a place where he could get into a serious relationship. But you know, she was like, "It's not time to have that conversation now. It's just our first date." You yeah, know? we just want to know if we're going out on a second date <laughs> yeah. at this point. Like, we've got chemistry. Can we see where this goes? But unfortunately, he sort of shuts it down at that point. Yeah. So I have to ask you about this. The movie does take a turn towards the dark. Yeah. You know, as we head into the last act kind of thing. Um, How did you, I mean, I don't know if you can remember how you experienced that the first time, but have we earned the right to go that dark at this point? I wasn't expecting it. And I just kind of want to talk about how well do you think they pull that off and whether it serves the movie and, you know, sort of, you know, we, we, we have a situation where June has like a major relapse, um, and falls apart on the bus and, you know, well, they, you know, her psychologist is a character in the, in the movie, um, CC Pounder. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. CCH Pounder is, um, fantastic as her psychiatrist. And, you know, they've established throughout the movie that stress levels really impact her symptoms and so the stress of being in an argument with her brother, Benny, and at the same time running away, because what happens, they get on a bus because they're running away together, um, her and Sam are. And just the stress of that is enough to trigger a major episode for her. Um, so they had shown... Well, he, this is because yeah. he's discovered their yeah. relationship. He throws Johnny Depp out of the house. He calls her crazy. Yeah. Um, and... Threatens uh, and, to put her in a home. brings out... This is the moment he chooses to bring out the pamphlet for the group home and says, this is next if you don't watch out. Kind of yeah, thing. essentially. So he threatens her. And so her. she falls freaks. apart. She freaks out in on, the, on a public bus as, you know, Johnny Depp is trying to kind of get her away from this situation to a, you know, a place where they can be together, or at least get out of the house. Um, and I we mean, end up in the hospital. Yeah. We end up in the hospital. Um, and she doesn't want to see anyone. She won't see Sam or Benny. She, she pretty much shuts it all down. Um, cause she thinks that her brother will not allow her to have the life that she wants, you know? And she says to him when he finally breaks in to see her that, um, that she thinks he needs her to be sick in order to function, you know, um, that he needs that in his life is for her to, to need him, I guess is the, I, I felt for me seeing the movie for the first time that the movie needed the stakes to increase at this point. In fact, I mean, this was kind of really the moment for me that was like, Oh, she really 
does have major issues going on because until that point you see a little bit of the like you know kind of lighting something on fire yeah. for a moment <laughs> but otherwise it's pretty harmless mental illness you know yeah. I mean, like if you want to say that she's you know well and i think johnny depp or sam in this case doesn't I mean, like, he thinks basically she's pretty normal. He has a scene where he asks Benny, how sick is she really? Because she seems kind of normal most of the time. Um, And so this is the first time Sam really sees it either. And you can see it on his face. Like, he doesn't quite know what to do. No, he realizes he's in over his head and his quirky, silent, you know, clown sort of act or being is not going to necessarily save the situation at this point. That's true. He's in over his head. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the last act is they break into the, to the hospital. I um, had some problems with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if you wanted to, if you want to nitpick and you want to look yeah. at things that didn't work as well for me, the machinations of them trying to figure out how to sneak into the locked ward and all that yeah. kind of felt like a different movie to me and not ne- necessary. Well, and it seems like her psychiatrist at some point would have been like, you need to talk to your brother to get this figured well, out or something like that. You but know, we don't need the five minutes of tiptoeing and no. throwing the, <laughs> The whatever and sneaking past the guard station and all of that yeah. was from a slightly different movie. I mean, it's hard to turn your tone and, yeah. and the the level of your stakes on a dime from once from comedy to tragedy like yeah. that or to potential tragedy that quickly. Um, so I had a little bit of a problem with that. And then um, I guess I mean a couple other things that didn't work quite as well or again my, down to the level of like scenes sort of things i didn't really like like we talked about how well johnny depp works within this character throughout the whole time i really didn't care so much for the the scene in the park with him putting on the show oh, with yeah. the, like as if he suddenly spontaneously you know draws a crowd when they're out at uh, the spokane riverfront uh, park um, you know, like he's a busker putting on his whole show <laughs> with like the the silent comedy and the pulling the, the handkerchief and all of that. I don't know why we needed to do that or introduce the whole little thing about the potential talent coach guy. I mean, That's William, Bill, H. William H. Macy plays somebody <laughs> who might be able to line him up, you know, some some comedy shows on well, the circuit. Well, that gets circuit. dropped and pretty quickly, I too. <laughs> I know. It's just, I'm not sure why that, if that's the a holder for, from an earlier draft of the script or, or if that was supposed to signal um, maybe Aiden Quinn's first actual acknowledgement or awareness that this is not normal, this kind of weird yeah. comedy routine kind of thing he does. I mean, because it's almost like the other characters don't really seem to notice most of that shtick. Yeah. We notice it as the viewer because we're in the room with him the whole time. But I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> so that was an, an element that uh, I, I didn't think that physical comedy worked as well. I think it worked much better when he was doing the role dance in the diner. I think that that whole scene was much better. Although advice, oh my God. (laughs) The only problem I had with that is the best shot coverage of him doing the the dinner roll dance Mm -hmm. is when you're on a wide shot, the three of them in the frame at the table right in front of him, and you can see the whole thing, his head, the, the, the... the roll shoes right underneath, the kicking and all that. But for some reason, the way they directed and cut that, the camera was all over the place, huh. on his eyes, on the bottom of the rolls, and you miss the whole gag. Yeah, You only see the gag for a second, cutting to like reaction shots or cutaways of the waitress and all yeah. this. Just like, have just stay on the bit. On the performance, The bit was strong yeah. enough for Charlie Chaplin to do it for like two minutes in yeah. length, you know, <laughs> without any cuts at all in the Gold Rush a long time ago. Um, so I don't know, just a, Interesting. <laughs> a yeah. minor thing about I, how I would direct that scene differently. Um, if well, I were the- to suddenly make a remake <laughs> of Benny and Jude, no, I'm not going to. Um, so, uh, final thoughts on the movie. Um, 
I just feel like I should, I don't know if I feel defensive or a little um, sensitive about this sort of thing. Cause I, I felt like when, with my first movie choice, I had to sort of establish an indie cred. Um, this movie is not independent at all. It's a Paramount feature. Um, and I feel like some of my choices going forward are going to be a little more in this vein, um, which, you know, sometimes I feel a little well, sensitive you know what? about, you, you know, know? What, then? we're going to have some balance <laughs> because <laughs> mine to go in the other direction probably too much of the time. And all that we were ever trying to do is, I mean, this is for us, yeah. you know, find something that meant something to you and like we have an opportunity to watch it together. Yeah. So it is what it is. So I mean, show me the movies I that actually, you know. That's right. Well, I mean, in this movie, it's it's like comfort food. It's like sitting yeah. down and watching something and knowing what's going to happen, and it's it's going to be comfort food. Um, one thing that I wanted to point out is like, so it's one of these little romantic comedies that it actually I think ended up doing really well at the box office. But Hollywood has this problem. Every five years or so, they're like, oh, we're going to release this little independent comedy an independent romantic comedy and it's reasonably well written and reasonably well directed and um women just go and they they pay money to go see it and and hollywood's like holy crap women will come see movies if we make movies like this and it doesn't cost them very much to do so and then they forget about it and they make giant movies that no one cares about with a million action sequences and then like like i said maybe every five years they're like oh all right, so what I'm hearing is a plea for where is the small, yeah. <laughs> light, romantic comedy? Like the big sick, which was fantastic. Yeah. You know, uh, it, w- it did really well, too, this year. You it know, did. I think with men and women, but, you know. So final thoughts. I, again, I want to go back despite everything and say this has helped me a little bit get over my Johnny Depp problem. I'm, I've got one more notch on the belt of, of Johnny Depp viewing and um, I thought it was a, a sweet comedy and I thought it handled its subject matter, the more serious subject matter, pretty well. And um, I'm glad that you chose it. Oh, good. <laughs> so that's about all we have time for this time. Um, you're listening to Shut Up and Watch This. We will be back next week. I don't. We haven't chosen the film yet. I Uh-oh. haven't. It's my turn it's next turn. time. I haven't chosen the film yet. So um, we will be back in two weeks uh, with another episode. If you want to drop us a line, uh, send us an email. You can send it to shutupwatchthis at gmail.com and let us know what you think of uh, what we're talking about. And if you agree or disagree with any of our takes on the movie so far, we'd love to hear from you. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye.